Confession. I never know how to start these podcasts. Mm, at least I never know how to start them in like an authentic, organic way. Is there an organic and authentic way to start a podcast? I don't know. Most of the time people have fancy music or fancy introductions, and that's just not me right now. Maybe we'll get there, but for right now, thank you so much for awkwardly diving in <laughs> to these to these podcasts with me. Uh, a while ago when I was in college, I had this roommate who had the most extensive fancy closet ever. Like she had so many clothes and shoes and accessories, and she was so generous. She would always let us know that we were welcome to her clothes, to borrow her clothes anytime. And I definitely took advantage of that on a frequent basis. And like I said, she was so kind about it, so generous. The problem was, was that her shoes were one full size smaller than mine. And I also have wide feet. And so typically I I usually wouldn't borrow her shoes, but she had this one pair of shoes that were just so cute and they were going to go perfect with my outfit. And I just decided that I was just going to gut it out for a day. I was just going to wear these shoes. They weren't too uncomfortable when I first put them on. Um, and they were leather so they could kind of, you know, there was a little bit of give. So I thought that they'd be fine. Well, turns out when you're walking across BYU campus all day long in these shoes that are too small, too narrow for your feet, but also too short, it starts to get really, really uncomfortable. In fact, after like an hour or two into the day, my feet were throbbing and I literally could not think of anything else, (laughs) but I didn't feel like I could take my shoes off in class. And later that day, I even had to teach I was a teacher at the time as a, as a student, um, and I had to teach my class. And again, I'm like, I can't, it's not professional for me to take my shoes off, but I could not think of anything else. My feet were hurting so bad. And you're probably like, why are you telling me this story about your shoes? And the reason why I'm telling you this story about your shoes, my shoes is because In that moment, because of this uncomfortable thing on my body, I could not engage in my life. I couldn't actually be present in my classes or with the people who needed me, those my students, Um, because really in the back of my mind, that was all that I could think about. And I know that that's a dramatic way to give an example of what we do with our bodies sometimes, but I think that it paints a good picture that when there are things about our bodies that we are hyper aware of and that we're thinking about all the time and that are constantly occupying our minds, it inhibits us from being able to fully engage in our lives, right? We're there. We're aware of what's going on. You know, we're participating, but in the back of our minds, we're constantly self-criticizing, self-evaluating, and, and that prevents us from being completely and wholeheartedly engaged. And if you think about it, there's like kind of a social joke, right? We come home and we throw on our sweats. It's like, oh, let's hurry home so we can get our sweats on. And that's kind of how I want you to feel about your body. I'm not saying I want you to be frumpy. I'm not saying, what I am saying is you need to feel at home and comfortable in your own body, right? You need to feel When you're at home and you're in your sweats, you're not worried about the waistbands being too tight or your skirt coming up or any of those other things that might be happening when you're wearing your normal everyday clothes. 
when you're wearing your sweats, that's why we wear sweats, right? It's because we just don't even have to think about it. They're so comfortable. And that's how I want you to feel about your body. Because when you are comfortable in your own skin, you're liberated. You're free to engage in your life in a wholehearted way. And that is the goal of making peace with your body. It's not about loving your body and thinking about how much you love it all the time. It's not thinking about your body at all. It's being fully engaged in the opportunities and with the people that God is placing in your life all of the time. Everyone is on different parts of their journey to love and accept their bodies. And that journey will fluctuate and change all the time because your body is going to fluctuate and change all the time. And it's interesting because as I talk to different women and as I hear from different women, there are such varying levels of body acceptance and body peace. And there are some women who are like, you know, I I feel mostly good. I just sometimes feel like I should be looking this way or I should be doing this thing. And then there are others of you that hating your body is the first thing you think of when you wake up in the morning and the last thing you think of when you go to bed. And regardless of where you are on your journey, you have to understand that how you feel about your body is in a way a filter by which you are seeing the world. So what do you do about it, right? Um, I wish that we could just say, stand in the mirror and tell yourself that you love your body 15 times and you'll feel it. But the truth is, is that it's not that easy. I think we've all had experiences like that in school where we learn something with our minds and we understand it and it makes logical sense. But then when we actually have to apply it in a mortal, fallen, broken, nuanced world, it gets a lot harder. So what I wanted to talk about today then is a method called step laddering. And it was, I don't know if it's invented, but I came to know about it from a woman named Jody Moore, who is a thought coach. What step laddering is, it's where um, it's really, sometimes it's really difficult to go from point A to point B, um, from hating your body and despising it and wanting to change so many things about it to, oh no, I love this body. I feel so comfortable and happy and peaceful. It's really hard to just take one jump. So instead of trying to take that big jump or like eat that whole cake, I guess you could say, you're going to take it one piece at a time or one ladder rung at a time. And as you progress on this ladder, taking these small steps, over time you begin to really internalize deep down in your soul certain truths and certain ideas, which then allow you slowly, little by little, to go from point A. And one day you'll find yourself at point B. Self-compassion and curiosity are critical components of each part of the stepladder. Okay, you'll never be able to progress or move on without them. Okay, so what does self-compassion and curiosity look like? It's giving yourself room to make mistakes, to be imperfect, to it's it's being curious about why am I thinking this thing? Why, quote unquote, should I be doing that? Or why should I look like that? It's just being curious. It's it's approaching. Um, your body and your beliefs with non-judgment and just kind of evaluating what answers come up as you ask, as you are curious 
about the way you feel or the way you think about your body. It's interesting because your brain cannot be fooled. If you've trained yourself for years and years to despise your body, you've built some pretty strong pathways in your brain. And those pathways take time to reprogram. But I have good news. The brain is moldable. It's a thing called neuroplasticity, and it's incredible. And basically what it is is it's just that over time, as you exercise those new neural pathways, as you consciously make an effort to think different and to reroute your thoughts, you literally can start to change the way you think and the way that your brain functions. And you can do it one thought at a time. But it all starts with first being aware of the messages that you are currently sending yourself. And that's actually way harder than it sounds because oftentimes these messages happen so quick and so naturally that we don't even catch them. If every time we look in the mirror, we criticize a part of our body and then we feel disgust, over time, We're not even going to need to recognize or to consciously think about that part of our body. We're just going to look in the mirror and automatically feel disgust, right? So it takes time. It takes time to be aware of the thoughts and the feelings that come to us. And it takes time to be aware of when those thoughts and feelings come to us. Is it when we're around certain people? Is it when we're looking at certain Instagram or Facebook accounts? Is it when we are comparing ourselves to magazine covers in the grocery line? Is it when we're trying on clothes that haven't fit us for a while, right? Like when paying attention to when those messages are happening and paying attention to what those messages are is a really valuable tool in helping you progress along this stepladder. The most important thing is acceptance and self-compassion. It's essentially surrendering and practicing mindfulness and presence. When I was pregnant with my second daughter, my middle child, um, I experienced some complications during the end of my pregnancy that ended up getting much worse as a result of delivery. Um, She did some really good damage (laughs) on my hips. And because of that, it took me almost a year and a half to be able to fully recover from that injury. And so for that year and a half, I wasn't able to teach fitness classes. I wasn't able to run or exercise in the way that I enjoyed and loved. And it was really hard. It was hard for me physically, but it was also hard for me mentally. But I did a lot of work And I got back to where I was feeling really, really good about my ability to move. And I just felt really good about where I was at. Well, fast forward two years later, I gave birth to my third baby. And unfortunately, I had to start all over again. So delivering my third child kind of exacerbated those injuries and undid all of the physical therapy and work that I had done to be stronger and to be able to perform the way that I wanted. And so it was really demoralizing actually and really discouraging. And so I kind of didn't do anything about it for a really long time. And when my son, who was my third baby, was about six or seven months old, we went home for Christmas. And my family is from Hawaii. 
And so we went home to visit my parents and my other siblings who were living there with their spouses. And um, of course, when we're in Hawaii at Christmas, we're going to spend most of our time at the beach. And I do not own a, a full length body mirror. And that wasn't actually on purpose. But what happened was we moved about seven years ago. And we just never, I never bought a full length body mirror. And I noticed a marked difference in how often I was looking at myself and thinking about my body. And I really enjoyed not having a full length mirror. And so I'm not recommending that you should or should not do that. But for me, it ended up being a really good thing. And so we just never bought a full length mirror. So long story short, we go home for Christmas and I'm changing into my swimsuit for our first day at the beach. And my mom has, my mom and dad have a full length mirror on the back of their door in their bathroom. And so here I was seeing my full body from my head to my toes for the first time in a really long time. And I was in a swimsuit and I was actually really surprised at what I saw. And I felt a lot of shame and guilt because I knew that I should be thinking better about my body. I should not be feeling this way. I know better than to be disappointed with cellulite and a different shaped stomach and all of these things. Like I know better than this. But I, so at the same time that I was feeling really disappointed with the way that my body was looking, I was also feeling shame and guilt for feeling disappointed in the way that my body was looking. And I kind of found myself in this emotional tornado for a second. And I started to try and tell myself, I love my body. This body has done so many good things for me. I love my body. But the truth is, is that I couldn't make myself actually feel it. (laughs) And so what I did was in that moment, I gave myself permission to feel that way. I gave myself permission to feel disappointed. But then I realized I essentially had two choices. I could let that thought and those feelings stay for the rest of my trip. And I would be self-conscious, fixing and adjusting my suit, staying in my cover-up, avoiding pictures with my kids. Or I could just say, you know what? It is what it is. So I'm choosing to practice acceptance right now in this moment. And you know what? There's something really, really powerful about owning the present moment. And as I paid attention to, when, once I first started thinking about, hey, this is, this is how I am right now, and there's nothing that I can do in the next 24 hours to dramatically change the size or shape of my body, but I'm not going to let this rob me of my experience here. And so I'm just going to accept it for what it is. And so ultimately, it was a choice, right? And making that choice is simple, but it is not easy. But it's so powerful to remember that there is nothing you can do in this moment to change or alter your body. So you can choose in this moment to practice some self-compassion and accept what is. Or you can continue to self-loathe. But I encourage you and invite you to try on both feelings. Right To try on this idea of, you know what, there's nothing I can do right now 
So I'm going to tell myself that right now I'm good enough exactly as I am. That my body is exactly what it needs to be right now for this moment and this day in my life. How does that make you feel when you tell yourself that versus this idea of, oh my word, how did you let yourself get this way? This is so embarrassing. You should not be looking like this. How do those feelings make you feel? Which feeling would you prefer as you went about your day? Motivation that is born out of love is so, so powerful. Self-compassion is so motivating and so powerful. So for example, paying attention to those feelings, choosing to accept for the present moment and then apply self-compassion is so important. And it's the first rung of step laddering, of getting to a place where you love and appreciate and celebrate your body. But it's empowering. It's a critical first step and it's an empowering first step. Rung number two of our step ladder is gratitude. And once you master acceptance and self-compassion, you can start to practice gratitude for all that your body does for you. So back in episode two, I talked a little bit about how it is really, really important that your worth is not based on gratitude for what your body can do for you. So don't get confused. I'm not saying, I, I, I believe that gratitude actually is a very, very important practice because it changes our perspective and a changed perspective is everything. But it is important to remember that it's gratitude is rung number two. It's not the end of the ladder. Okay, gratitude is an important part. It's an important practice and exercise to do every day. But that's not, that's not the end. That's not where we're ultimately going. I had a chance to study and teach anatomy at BYU while I was there. And I gained such a reverence. I can't think of any other word to describe it other than a reverence for the human body. And the way that everything works together to keep you alive without you even knowing is just incredible to me. The fact that your body can process millions of messages at the same time, but filter out the ones that are most relevant to you and just take care of the rest on its own is incredible to me. Like even right now, as you're sitting here listening to this podcast, your brain is working a million miles a minute, right? Your lungs are taking in oxygen without you even thinking about it. Your heart is then pumping that oxygen through all of your veins and your arteries, actually. It's pumping it through your arteries, away from your heart, into your body, filling up your muscles with oxygen, which are then turning into energy for you. And your eyes are receiving messages of so many things and they're filtering out and creating this picture for you. And your brain is interpreting that picture and telling you what's most important and what you need to be focusing on. And your ears are working and your kidneys are filtering your blood. Like there's so many things that are happening all in one single second in your body. And I had a huge turning point in my journey coming to love my body once I realized that my body had been my ally all along. 
I had been, as I had studied more and learned more about the dangers of dieting, like the actual physio- physiological and mental dangers that are associated with dieting, I started to realize just how much damage I had been inflicting on myself. And I also, at the same time, started learning all of the things that my body had been doing to combat those poor choices. And, and all of the things that it had been doing were literally to keep me alive. I had treated my body so badly, but she had always been there for me, doing her best to let me live and experience life. So what would happen if you started practicing conscious daily gratitude? How would that help you feel about yourself? One of my favorite things to do with my kids is at night I say, okay, we're going to have a, we're going to do a gratitude practice. And I want you to thank Heavenly Father for everything that you have and pretend that if you don't thank him for it tonight, that in the morning it will be gone. And if you did that with your body, you would all of a sudden realize that the most simple things like eyelids, right, and armpits and toenails were actually so important and things that you were actually really, really grateful for. Rung number three of our stepladder is respect, which is also known as self-care. When you fail to take care of yourself, you are sending a consistent message that you are not worthy of care. And when I say take care of yourself, I mean give your body enough food. Give your body enough sleep. Move your body to create more energy within your body. Give your, give your mind mental breaks. Cope with stress. That is taking care of yourself. But when you're not doing those things, you are. You're sending the consistent message that you're not worthy of care. And your brain, even though it's a, sub, it's, it's a subconscious message, your brain picks up on all sorts of subconscious messaging. So it's not going to miss that one. The best kind of self-care is the kind of care that makes you want to really keep living your life in the best way. It's not a temporary escape. I am not against bubble baths. I actually, well, our bathtub is pretty tiny, so I don't love bubble baths right now, but I'm not against bubble baths or girls night out, girls nights out or pedicures. I think those things are all have their place and are all good. But when I talk about self-care, I'm meaning taking care of your basic mental, physical, and emotional needs. Feed yourself, right? Participate in joyful movement every day. Get enough sleep. Hold healthy boundaries. Cope with stress. It's interesting because women have the tendency to give and give and give. And a lot of women that I talk to have no clue what they even need anymore. So start experimenting and look at it like, look at it like an experiment. Ask yourself every morning, what do I need today physically, mentally, and emotionally to be able to show up in my life in a way that I would feel proud, right? A girl's night out might do it for you, or maybe it's a night in by yourself, but practicing respect will ultimately lead to more self-love. Just to recap on our rungs, first, we have self-compassion and acceptance. Next, we practice gratitude. Okay, third, we practice respect or self-care, holding healthy boundaries for ourselves and our bodies. Rung number four is trust. And this is where intuitive eating really comes in. 
It literally is a relationship built on trust. But trust needs to be earned, right? And if we have spent the last however many years of our lives telling ourselves that we cannot be trusted around food, that we cannot be controlled, then we're going to need to relearn how to trust ourselves again. Brene Brown, who is an incredible, incredible researcher and public speaker, says that trust is earned through reliability, generosity, and non-judgment. So think of a relationship that you have currently that's a healthy, positive relationship. What characteristics or elements or boundaries are present in that relationship? Okay, and use that. Apply those same characteristics and boundaries in your relationship with yourself. As you practice more self-respect and self-care, and you need to do it consistently and make yourself a priority. As you consistently do that, you will start to trust yourself again. You'll start to trust yourself around food. You'll start to know what you need. This is actually a really nuanced, complex topic. We could do a whole other podcast or maybe even two about it. But the general idea is is learn how to tune into yourself. Learn how to trust yourself again. Okay, the last rung and final rung on our ladder is love. When you feel true, honest love for yourself, you have arrived at a place of non-judgment, of gentle correction and patience with yourself. It doesn't mean that you aren't holding yourself to standards, right? It doesn't mean that you're letting everything slide, but it's, it's when you're giving yourself permission to be a human, permission to mess up, and, and permission to make it right, right? To own up to those mistakes. When you're operating from a place of self-love, you have more to give to those around you because you are at peace with yourself and you're no longer looking to society to assign you your worth. You're more brave to make mistakes and try new things. You move your body because it feels good and because your body deserves to have joyful movement. You eat and you eat enough because your body deserves nourishment and it deserves satisfaction from food. When you are living in a place of love for your body and for yourself, you're giving yourself the benefit of the doubt, right? You're still requiring yourself to do hard things. You're still requiring yourself to progress and to learn. But just like how you love your child, right, you give them space to be human. You give them space to make mistakes and to pick themselves up again and to try again. And that's love, right? So once we come, once we apply acceptance and self-compassion, and once we begin exercising gratitude on a daily, consistent basis, and as we move on and and focus on respect, self-respect and self-care, we'll start to have more trust and we'll show up consistently and reliably for ourselves. And those will easily feed into love. 
Like I said at the beginning of this podcast, a common misconception is that when you love your body, you're constantly thinking about how much you love your body. But the truth is that when you finally love your body, you aren't thinking about your body at all. And you are free to fully engage wholeheartedly in your life. You're no longer hiding behind excuses to not be involved because of the size, shape, fitness level of your body, right? You're all in because you've come to recognize that your body is what allows you to experience life and experience all of these beautiful, good things. So wherever you are on your journey, I hope that you'll find the rung, the ladder rung (laughs) that you connect with the most. And I hope you'll progress from there. And like I said before, building your own community of women to go through this journey together with is so, so powerful. So I hope that as you hear podcasts that connect with you and that engage you in a way that make you want to create change, I hope that you'll share them with other women in your life, that you'll get them on board with you, that you'll find those women, your group of women that can help you progress through this journey. I always say it, and I sincerely mean it. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for giving me your time. I hope you have the most wonderful day. We'll talk to you later.